0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Well, welcome to Prayer International Radio for all of you who are listening, the ones who are listening live, the ones who are going to listen to this archive uh, later down the road. So tonight, um, the message is on Peter, but, you know, I don't know how much of Peter we're going to get into. Um, I heard someone say once. That it was a preacher who said, I only have one message, which is Christ Jesus and him crucified. And all over the world, there are Christians, young Christians, old Christians, who are on their knees, seeking his face, crying out in their spirit for him to return, crying out to... Know the Father more To hear the voice of the Father To hear the voice of Jesus For the Holy Spirit To quicken us To make us alive in Him To draw us closer to Him To draw us near to Him To have us as the Scriptures Had come boldly to the throne of grace To enter into that Holy of place The Holy of Holies Behind the veil Which is Jesus himself and into the presence of the Most High Omnipotent God, the all consuming fire of his presence, Father God. Abba, Father, Daddy, I pray for all those who are listening Father, that you would open the eyes of their hearts That the eyes of their hearts would be flooded with light So they would know what is the hope of their calling Jesus, that you would reveal yourself Each day in a new and spectacular way That you would speak to them, that they would hear your voice Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide them into all truth, which is the Word, which is Jesus. That your Word would have become alive inside of us. That your Word would become fountains of living waters. Father, that you would cause fire to be poured out in their lives. Holy Spirit, that you would consume them with a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, a hunger and thirst after you to know your ways. So, um, we're going to do a lot of reading tonight. Um, sometime around the 10 o'clock hour, uh, Chris make it on, um, But, you know, we're going to get into um, the book of John and Jesus, and but just to start this off, um, talking about Peter, and, you know, I was in church yesterday morning um, at uh, this place called River of Glory in Plano, and the youth pastor was speaking, and he was talking about Peter, and he made a comment, which most people do don't really stop and think about is that, you know, Peter got out on the water to walk to Jesus, but where were the rest of the disciples who were in the boat? And why weren't they out on the water? You know, I I love thinking about Peter because, you know, if you go through the whole history is that, you know, Jesus Goes to each one of the disciples, and whether they're fishing, or they're with their family members, or whatever they're doing, and he's like, "Come, follow me, and I'll make you fisher of men." And each one of the twelve just stop what they were doing, and drop everything, and just follow after Jesus. And you know, each one of us in our lives are called to do the same thing. We're called to leave the things of this world behind, leave the cares of this world behind and follow after him and seek him, leave the pleasures of the flesh behind the desires of our flesh to be crucified with him, raised in a newness of life and to set our eyes upon him. As the scripture says, you said, seek my face, your face, I will seek. And so I was thinking about, you know, Peter, like all the other disciples, is just going about his daily life. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And, you know, I was thinking, like, how many people, if some person just came up and said, follow me, how many people would actually just drop what they're doing and and just be like, okay, here I come. And, you know, that's the thing is that the scripture says, Jesus was talking about being a good shepherd. We talked about this uh, a week ago. He said that my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And so when Jesus shows up in your life, and he speaks to you for that first time, and every time after that, your spirit is quickened, and you hear his voice, and you immediately are drawn to him, and what we'll read later tonight, you know – Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me and those who the Father has given to me. And each one of us have that assurance that the Father has drawn us to him. The Father has revealed his son, Jesus Christ, in us. And we hear his voice, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the true shepherd. But to read this real fast, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat Um here, let me back up just a little bit. It's uh, – I know that was it. Um, this is uh Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, and while he sent all the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came – no, back up just for a second. You know – Jesus had just fed the multitude, and he's teaching the masses, and he's continually taking himself, and he's going up to the mountain away from everybody just to seek the faith of his father, to stay grounded, to stay focused, to hear the voice of his father. And it says, um, now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. You know, it's funny that in all the circumstances we have in life and all the things that are going on and the tribulation and the persecution and the peril and, you know, everything that's going on, we sometimes forget who it is who's called us, and we sometimes forget who it is that we serve. The king of all glory, the king of heaven and earth, the person, the God who created all things, and without him nothing was made that was made. And it says in him everything consists and have his meaning. You know, The very fact that we're sitting here or standing or wherever you're at, that all the people in the world, the very fact that our atoms are even holding together, that this earth is holding together, this universe is holding together. Every single atom is held together by his will. You know, the Bible says in Job, it says he could withdraw his breath from the world and it would cease to exist. And we forget who it is. And Jesus kept trying to tell his disciples over and over again. You know, they doubted him, like in one of the other stories where uh, – or it's actually um, – in one of the other stories is like Jesus in the boat sleeping and there's waves and, you know, you think fishermen would be used to like storms and waves and everything else. But, you know, they're freaking out over and over again. And Jesus keeps trying to explain it to them about who he is, and he keeps trying to hammer it into them so they would understand because God had revealed who he was, but not. they're still learning who he was and they're still learning to trust him and to see him as he was. And, you know, so Jesus, so they're, So Jesus is walking to them on the ocean because no matter where his disciples are, which including us, no matter where his children are, whether it's the 99, he says he'll leave the the 99 sheep behind and go find the one that was lost. And for all of us, it doesn't matter what the circumstance you're facing. Jesus will meet you in your circumstance in the midst of whatever the issue you're having is. He will be there with you because the scripture says he'll never leave me nor forsake you. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But it, Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if as you command me, come onto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come to the boat, he walked to go to Jesus, and he saw that the wind was boisterous, and he became afraid. And beginning to seek, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then they got in the boat and the wind ceased and they continued going where they were. You know, the the funny thing is the scripture it's it's not it's about faith, but it's about faith and knowledge in him and the fact that we let fear rise up in us and block out and cut off and remove our focus away from Jesus. Because if our eyes are on him and we're learning from him and we're trusting him, there is absolutely nothing in this world to be afraid of. I almost want to get into Romans now. Um, But it says those who were in the boat um, came and worshipped him, saying, truly you are a son of God. Not like one of the other miracles he did would have proved it. But, you know, they kept seeking signs. The disciples of the Pharisees and everybody they wanted to see signs because they they were like prove to us who you are, and he said my works testify of the my works testify of me. Anyway, so we're gonna get into John for a minute, um, and I'm not sure how much of this we're gonna read. I love reading. Jesus, when he's talking about himself and about his father, um, and there's so much that becomes alive, but we'll start way back in, um, chapter eight, um, to get to where we're going, um, Anyway, it says, uh, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, "Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act." Now, Moses and the law said that she should be stoned, but what do you say? And they said, testing him, that he they may have something to accuse him of. And Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. And he said, he was without sin among you. Let him throw a stone at her first. And then he stooped down to the ground and wrote again. And those heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left standing alone with the woman. And when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one more. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And Jesus said to them again, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, and your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. And they said, where is your Father? And Jesus said, you neither you know neither me nor my Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. I'm going to back up um, again to um, chapter 7, verse 10. It says, when his brothers had gone up to the feast, um, he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him, some saying he's good, others saying no. On the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him of fear of the Jews. Now, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, how does this man know letters, having never studied? Because they didn't realize that he was the word of God. He was the incarnation of the word of God itself. And, you know, all the words were his to begin with. So, I mean, it's sort of funny for them to say, how do you know letters? And when it's pretty much they're all talking about him to begin with. And Jesus answered and said to them, my doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keep the law? Why do you seek to kill me? And the people answered and said, You have a demon who is seeking to kill you. And Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marveled. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? He later goes on to say in verse 28, and Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, you both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. You know, going back to Peter and I'll tie all this in together. You know, if you look at the life of Peter and his ministry, you know, it's this up and down relationship with Jesus, which sort of like, uh, it really does like... Uh, sort of tell you about the Christian life. I mean, he's he follows Jesus, he gets called, he starts following Jesus, and he keeps making mistakes. He, he's like, Jesus, you can't be crucified. And he, I mean, God reveals who he is to Peter. And even when Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter's like, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father is in heaven. And just two seconds later, I mean, they're talking. Jesus is talking about being crucified, which he knew he had, had to do. And Peter's like, "That'll never happen to you. We'll stop it." And Jesus's like, "Get behind me, Satan! You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man." And then, you know, later on, you know, even when Jesus was taken, Peter's the one who like takes out a sword and try and chops off a soldier's ear, trying to stop them from leading to Jesus away. And then once they take Jesus and he's by himself again, then he's not so strong anymore. He's He becomes a coward, and little girls are walking up to him saying, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And he's like, no, I don't have any idea who you're talking about. And then – but then later, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he started going out in power of the Holy Spirit, preaching to the masses. I mean knowing – who Jesus was and knowing his place in Jesus and having faith and his place in Jesus so much that, you know, people would like bring out their sick just so Peter's shadow could touch them. And, you know, in our own life, there's, there's a thing about fear and the Bible says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And the only way to understand the love of God is to get into his word, to spend time in his presence, to have his word dwelling on the inside of you. You know, as Bill Johnson says, we can't afford to entertain any thought in our minds that are contrary to the thoughts that the Father has from us or has about us. You know, the enemy's biggest weapon in these modern times is to try to convince us that we are that we're not who the Father says we are, that he will speak negative things to us and bring fear into our situations where God gives you a command or Jesus speaks to your heart and says, you know what, go out, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, raise the dead, preach the gospel to the kingdom. And we let fear come up inside of us because all of a sudden we forget that we are covered in the blood of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the command of God to go do something. All the authority, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and I give it unto you. And we somehow let the devil come in and still the joy and still our knowledge of who we are in Jesus, and we become fearful when we should be bold and we should be confident in our faith in Him. Anyway, we're going to go into worship for just a second. We're going to come back and get into some more scriptures. If you need prayer, um, you can email us at prayerinternational@gmail.com. at gmail.com. There's a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayerinternational. And then our call-in number, if you want prayer, is 657 uh, 383 0861. Hey, welcome back everybody. um you know when we <laughs> the funny thing is when we do these broadcasts um we never actually know for the most part, we don't really know what we're talking about or what we're gonna talk about for beforehand I mean we can have a couple of scriptures um, that we feel led to, or the Holy spirit reveals to us or something that the father has been laying on our heart. Um, a lot of times it's just something that God's been going over us within our spirit. And, you know, something about when you read the word of God and it's like David talked about a fire being shut up in my bones. And Paul said, uh, talking about heaven forbid if I do not preach and so I'm still I want to get into Romans but I also want to continue a little bit in John um I want to talk just for a second um we'll play some more worship music um in a minute I want to read a little bit more um from John and talk a little bit more about Jesus. Um, Cause you know, in our Christian life um, in our lives in general, whether it's related to us or our families or our friends, um, our coworkers, the people we're praying for, the people we're interceding for, it always comes down to faith. It always comes down believing Jesus and believing he is who he says he is. And, you know, that's a question I would pose to anybody who's listening right now, is that, is Jesus really to you? Is he really who he says he is? Do you really believe the the words that he's written? You know, he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life, but you won't come to thee, and these are the things that talk about me. And something radically different changes in your life when you come to the realization that his words are true and, you know, that he's a God who cannot lie. And we're going to start, and this is John 6, uh, verse 22. He said, on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no one On the boat. Um, and this is after he walks on the sea. Um, I'm going to skip down to verse 26 or no verse 25. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him. You know, that's a amazing two verses. Um, you know, I find a lot of times we read the scripture, even if you've read books in the Bible like hundreds of times or even memorized them, God will just make things come out. The Holy Spirit will just take the scriptures and make them alive in a new way every day because, you know, this word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And, you know, Jesus is telling them, I mean, I can show you all the signs and the wonders, and, but those aren't going to make you believe um, because what's really going to draw you is being filled. It's having the emptiness inside be filled. Um, You know, we, we talk about our bodies being a tabernacle. And before you're born again, before you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your body's just pretty much empty. Your spirit's dead. And he comes in and he gives your spirit life. And the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You become a living temple, a living vessel for him to dwell in. And he's saying you... Seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God's the Father has set a seal upon him. And they said, What shall we do that may we, we work the works of God? You know, sometimes we get caught up with, like, what are we going to do for you, Jesus? And, like, we get so caught up in what we're going to do. And, you know, there's a story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, Mary's at this feet of Jesus praying and worshiping. And Martha's trying to work and get all this stuff done, which has its place and purpose. And then she comes and complains. is like, why isn't Mary helping me, Jesus? And Jesus is like, she's done her good part. And, you know, sometimes it's more important to know him than to do anything else, because if you focus on your relationship with him, you know, that scripture, seek you first the kingdom of God, but going beyond that, if you're seeking his face, you're seeking to dwell in his presence, whether you're at your house or work or wherever you're at, and you're seeking to continually fellowship and walk with him, then it won't matter about the works because the works just become the fruit of the tree that you have become. And, you know, the Bible talks about the, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified and we're all his fruit and we should bear fruit. You know, Jesus went up to the fig tree and he wanted to get fruit off of it and it wasn't producing. And he cursed the tree and everybody's looking around. And it's like, oh, my gosh, he cursed this tree. And the point is, is that, you know, the father has given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his promise. He set his, his seal upon us. The Holy Spirit. Which are, is, as the scripture says, our guarantee of inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Everything the Father has given us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All the authority in heaven and earth that he has, he's given to us. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. We have no excuse not to bear fruit in this world. We have no excuse not to be going out there bearing fruit. The Bible says you're a city set on a hill. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden, but you're supposed to make your light shine so that all people can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Not glorify you because you're the one up on the hill, but glorify the Father. Because everything we do in word or in deed, everything that we do when we go out into this world should be glorifying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's never about us. It's always about glorifying him. And Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. I mean, and that's the whole answer right there. I mean, you know, Jesus is the answer, but, you know, our number one mission in life, and everything flows out of it, is believe in him who the Father sent. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform them, and what may we see and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives light to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, whatever your situation is, no matter what you're going through, whether it's addiction or struggles or problems in your marriage or problems with your children, we all need to be filled. And you can only get that from coming to him. He said, but I said to you that you have seen me and do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. That means it doesn't really matter what you've done in this world. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what you've done, period. Jesus said, if you come to me, I will by no means cast you out. He said later on, my sheep hear my voice. And I will lose none because the enemy is not strong enough to snatch them out of my hand. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the sign and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore said, Do not murmur among yourselves, and no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And he said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so he he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your father ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. And you know, some and they all freaked out. They're like he's talking about like eating his flesh and drinking his blood and cannibalism. But you know what he's trying to say is, you know, it's it's multifaceted because you know, you have to come and believe him. You have to come and accept what he did for your life and then you'll have everlasting life you know jesus died on the cross for the sins of the entire world you know the bible says it goes beyond that it says that he took him who knew no sin and made him to be sin for us so if you can picture jesus christ up on the cross and then he cries out with a loud voice father father why have you forsaken me and, you know, it wasn't that he knew the, that the Father God had abandoned him or whatever, but, you know, I heard once, and, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but I sort of believe it is that, you know, Jesus became sin, and the Father can't be in the presence of sin. And so, for that brief moment in time, when he was on the cross, he literally became the image of sin for us. Not only did he take all the sin away from us, But he became sin on that cross, and the Father crucified sin in the flesh so that we could have eternal life. So Jesus tasted death so that none of us would have to. And then he gives this gift freely of eternal life for anyone, and all they have to do is believe in him. All they have to do is believe, and he will accept them. He goes on to say, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, and he said to them, Does this is to offend you? What then, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are Spirit, and they are life. There are some of them among you who do not believe. He goes on to say in verse 65, "Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has be granted him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked away with him and walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the twelve, "Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, it's, it's funny because there's Peter again. And through all the struggles he's having and growing in maturity and his relationship with the Lord, learning to walk by faith and not by sight, learning to trust the voice of his father more than the tr- the voice of the enemy, learning to That, like it says, the just shall live by faith, that every act of obedience is done in faith for the glory of the Father. You know, the Father had revealed, he put his seed in him, he put something inside of Peter and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. No matter how bad my situation is, no matter what's going on, where else am I going to go? There's no answers anywhere else in the world. Because they could have easily got up and walked away, read the rest of the of the people, but they knew that the only truth was in Jesus Christ. So when you're um out there in the world, um whatever you're doing, whether it's in your prayer closet, um, you know, I heard someone say talking about david and david who killed a lion and a bear but it was david's battles and his prayer closet struggling before the father seeking the father's face it was those battles in his closet that made him able to go out into the world and face the battles that he saw around him And, you know, when we're going out there, the first thing we should always be doing is be on our knees, on our face, seeking his voice, seeking his presence in our lives, seeking his spirit in our lives, taking his word inside of us, consuming his word so it fills up this temple that we have. So that way we go out and we can speak those words alive to a world that's fallen and in sin and in despair and declare to them that there is hope and declare to them that Jesus loves them. Declare to them they can have everlasting life. You know, when you go back to the to the woman who committed adultery, I mean, she raised up and, you know, Jesus says, where are your accusers? He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He said, I don't judge you. The word I have given you judges you. And the judgment is he who does not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Father has sent him. So we need to go out there and declare unto this world the the love of the Father and the love that he has for them, that he hasn't abandoned them. He hasn't forsaken them. He hasn't forgot about them. And that any will come to them, he will by no means cast out, you know it seems with all the stuff that's going on in the world, um you know the one thing that the world needs more than anything else is the realization of who Jesus is. Well, welcome back everybody um, Chris is going to Join us in just a second um, But I wanted to just Say this really fast Is that um, You know uh, Romans talks about Abraham and faith And We are talking about knowing Jesus um, Earlier in the show I'm going to read this really fast um, Then we're going to put another song on and then chris is going to come on and pray and share his heart but you know romans chapter three uh or chapter four goes into um goes into faith and it's talking about abraham who um here i'll just read it real fast um It says, For the promise that he would be an heir to the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith that it may be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith, of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope, and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall, shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. And therefore it was counted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us, and it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus from the dead, who who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom... Also, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Now, the hope now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. You know, whatever you're going through, whatever situation, whatever mountain you're needing to climb whatever mountains in front of you, you know what, be strengthened in your faith in him that God is able to do everything he said he would do. Every promise that he has spoken over your life, he is going to complete until the day of Jesus Christ. I Okay everybody, welcome back. Um we have Chris with us, um, who's gonna pray with us for a while and then speak whatever the Holy Spirit puts in his heart. Are you there, Chris? okay, oh, hey, go ahead and take it away.
2: Okay. Uh, this the letter of the gospel to you. to If you have any prayer requests, you And so I just want to if you've got any, uh, I just you any prayer I'll leave you in prayer. if you got any of for before the job, or, uh, talk to just uh, just point of her and just, uh, point at us just alert so i get of that wish I was ready for, and we'll uh, just see the word so, uh, here curious. Father, we thank you for Jesus right now. Father, we thank, thank you for every moment. that you
3: time. thank you as
2: you Father, we want to feel your spirit so we can talk to right Father, I am, we just pray, Lord, for the nations. Lord, we know that we have people in the United States in the Lord we know that we have people in the, the, the United States are promised in word oh, you hear after all other chop that I your of but Lord be the harvest is the harvest laborers are pieces of the mass burning in
0: Or draw what you
3: felt it was
2: go. But not uh, be perfectly. As a so will be strong on our behalf and on behalf of everybody with.
3: Ah we begin
2: to reach out to and your will to be done, for your kingdom to come upon earth heaven, more. So, let's thank you, Lord God, that w God Lord God is the power. And we acknowledge you as our provider and w with me. Father, you said you are an ever present help in time of need. What would your slack in Lord, Lord like to provide? To I would provide everybody. i there
3: and i to just help
2: the the Lord is for Nice, knives that are and with over their body. Give their their marriage or as their for reconciliation God so that are uh, uh to your that unless your uh, spirit the we give them absolutely here. Jesus. Father, for those that are standing in the gap for a love, for for a for a, for 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 for
3: Lord, oh, Lord,
2: we It's here. Oh, words. thank you, Lord, that we can stand
3: on your words. Just stand. Yeah. And.
2: this little and you know to the
3: actually this is written by the Gentiles and I'll start with the
1: difficulties. Uh, see if we still have Chris with us. she still there, Chris?
2: Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
2: Okay, great. So I was going to just pick it back out from Ephesians. I guess we'll get back into it. We're only a couple of tip, uh, verses into it, so no big be deal. But uh, if you're catching back up with us or you're wondering what the heck is going on, uh, we're in Ephesians 4 verse I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, verse 14, and this is a prayer that Paul is kind of delivering to the Church of Ephesus.
4: And the reason
2: I like this, I'm just going to preface it before I get into it, is that it just really shows his heart towards Christ, and the prayer that he prays really helps bring a focus in our relationship with the Lord. So I just wanted to share that and expound on it a little bit to kind of reiterate some of the things Sean was saying And we'll just see where we go from there. So this is uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of God which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And so Paul starts out with this. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins to give emphasis on the Lord Jesus, saying, Of whom the whole family in the heaven and earth is named. And this is his prayer. He says, I pray that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You know, last week we talked about the battle belonging to the Lord. And that it's not by mind, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. And in this spiritual walk, we need strength because it's really hard to go day to day and face the trials and face the situations that we're dealing with on a daily basis without the strength of God in our lives. And so if you want to reference this as something you can begin to pray, you know there's something powerful about the word of God. And if you begin to take his word and begin to speak it over your life, begin to speak it into the earth, begin to remind God, not necessarily that he forgets, but if you begin to declare back to God what he's written in his word, you'll be surprised how the Lord responds in your life to that. And so we need strength in our inner man. See, we all have a spirit, man, and there's things that happen in our life that cause us to get weary and grow weakened. Sometimes we uh, get despairing. We get distracted. We have things that happen in our lives that uh, just kind of push us down a little bit. But this prayer is about strength. This prayer is about getting built up in your inner man. And how do we do that? It says by his spirit. You see, we can't do things in our own strength. We've got to have his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for everyone listening tonight is that you would be strengthened with might I agree with Paul, and I just declare tonight that you'd be strengthened with might by a spirit in your inner man. Verse 17 continues to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ. See, God wants us to know his love. God wants to know the depths of his love. And see, as we begin to grow in our relationship with Christ, it's amazing that you'll find things out about God that you didn't know five months ago, a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, however long you've been walking with the Lord. His love has so many facets to it. See, you can't fathom it necessarily. You can't explain it. You can't figure it out because it's not like the way that we're used to love in this earth It's love that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's love that, you know, the Bible says no greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for a friend. Corinthians 13 talks about this kind of love, and it declares, you know, it's not selfish, it's not rude, it's not puffed up, it's not self-seeking. There's things about this love that in our carnal minds we just can't sometimes figure it out. All we can do is receive it. And just like I talked about last week, when you drive a car and you get in the car, you have to have a certain element of faith to make the car move. You don't necessarily know all the mechanics of the car. You just get in there and you press the gas. Well, you start the key, you press the gas, you go, you hit the brake, it stops. You turn on your blinkers to let people know which way you're going to go. But ultimately, you don't really know every way that car operates unless you're a mechanic or a car designer or somebody that that makes cars or works on cars. And even then, you may only know a certain aspect of it. And so as you begin to walk in this love, as you begin to walk by faith, see, faith works by love. And Paul says, hey, I want you to be rooted and grounded in this love, which means you've got to go deep. Roots, Roots of a tree go deep. And unless you have a certain depth in the knowledge of the love of God, Then, when things get dry and things get, well, the wind starts blowing and things start shaking in your life, you're not going to be able to stand. You see, David talked about trees of righteousness. I'm going to flip over to the Psalms real quick while I'm jumping back over here. But let's go into Psalm. uh, We'll go chapter one, real fast. So if you've got a Bible in front of you or you've got an app or whatever you use, you've got your computer up, let's talk about Psalm 1 real quick. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Here he talks about the word of God as being the law of the Lord. That's Old Testament lingo. Okay, let's bring it up to New Testament. Let's bring it up to current day. Of course, we are Bible believers. We believe in the Old and the New Testament. That's what we declare. That's what we preach. That's what we share on this show. Because we don't believe in just New Testament Christianity. We believe in everything that God gave us, that is profitable. Okay, so there's like I said before, there's a certain power. There's a certain thing that happens when you begin to meditate on his word and you begin to confess his word over your life something happens and most of the time when you're going through a trial or your things in your life are shaking and things are happening you can pretty much bring it back to his word are you standing on his word are you confessing his word are you believing his word are you doing his word and probably if you're lacking in any area of those things you're probably going through a storm which sometimes may be a, a test but sometimes it may be something that you're going through Because you're not walking in his word And so he says Look, the, the guy, the person That delights in the law of the Lord And verse 2 Of Psalm 1 says In his law does he meditate day and night Verse 3 says And he shall be like a tree Planted by the rivers of water That brings forth fruit in his season His leaves shall not wither And whatever he does shall prosper And so Paul, just like David, say, hey, you need to be rooted and grounded. You need to be rooted and grounded in his love. You need to be rooted and grounded in his word. And how do we do that? Jesus said this. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so in this love relationship that you have with Christ or need to have with Christ and with the Father, There's a certain aspect of communication that has to take place, just like any other relationship or friendship or uh, acquaintance that you have. There's a certain aspect of communication that has to take place. Well, how does God speak to us? He speaks to us through his word, and he speaks to us in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. And he also speaks to us through anointed men and women that are led by the spirit of God or that declare through preaching or teaching the word of God. And so there's a certain way that God wants to communicate with us. And however he does that, it's always going to line up. It's always going to be in the same flow of his word. Because that's how we live, by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So let me finish because Psalm 1 is pretty short. There's three more verses. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so. Remember we talked about the righteous are like trees... Planted by the rivers of water brings forth fruit in his season, and his leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. If you're not having uh, prosperity and things happen in your life, and when I say prosperity, I don't mean riches. But when you're not having your needs met in your life, most of the time you can trace that back because you're not following his word. You're not obeying the Lord. You're not following where his spirit is leading you. You may not even be seeking God to where you know what His Spirit is telling you to do or where to go. And so there's a lack in your life. Now, that lack could be financial. That lack could be relational. That lack could be physical. That lack could be mental. And I'm telling you, if you will get to a place where you begin to seek the Lord, just like Jesus said, yeah, that lack could be spiritual. Thank you Tracy That lack could be spiritual Whatever it is You can trace that back to the fact that You're not pursuing the Lord Jesus said Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you You see God's got a way That if you'll begin to focus on him You'll begin to listen to him You'll begin to pour out your heart And pour out yourself to him and he's going to answer back See he's a God that answers back The the funny thing is about all these other religions And let me preface this Christianity is not a religion It's a relationship with a true living God It's receiving a Savior His name is Jesus Receiving him as your Savior and your Lord Which means he comes in to save And he comes in to lead He comes in to take control and it's allowing the Lord to have control of your life where we say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. And your kingdom come because, see, if we seek first his kingdom, all these other things are added to us. And if you're that tree of righteousness and you allow your roots to go deep, like Paul was saying, being rooted and grounded in love, well, what's that? It's an intimate knowledge of God. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and shed love and in your heart, not only for God. Who loved you even when you didn't love him Who loved you when you were yet a sinner But because he loved you Because he loved me Because he loves us It causes something to happen Inside of us where we realize Wow You know we we sing that song The reckless love of God You know we don't deserve it We couldn't earn it But he still gives his love away And you know what it does It, it, It makes you want to pursue him Is what it does When you're touched in your heart When you're touched by the spirit of God It causes something inside of you To put a fire Put a passion inside of you for God But when you go a little deeper And you begin to learn the heart of the father Then you realize you have to have a compassion Not have to but want to Have a compassion towards people Because that's how he is Because that's what he wants Because that's what Jesus would do That's what the father would do And then, in turn, that's what we want to do. So he says, the righteous are like trees planted beside. Hang on, sorry. A little distraction here. Planted beside the rivers of living water, bringing forth fruit in its season. Leaves will not wither. See, if you're withering, if you're feeling dry, and you're feeling like you can't make it, maybe you need to get planted. Maybe you need to get in the river, the river of his love, the river of his spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and take control. And go one step further. He says, and to know the love of Christ I'm going to shift back over to Ephesians 3, verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You need to be filled. You need to be filled. You need to receive Christ into your life and then be filled with God, with his love, with his spirit. Verse 20 says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, he's able. God's able. God's able to take care of everything in your life exceedingly abundantly above whatever you could ask or think. But listen, this is how it's according. According to the power that works in us. That means as much as you're allowing Christ to work in your life, as much as you're receiving Christ, as much as you're obeying Christ and walking with Christ,
3: it enables
2: the power of God to work and reign and rule in your life. Now, is God merciful? Can he do those things in your life even when everything's not right? Yes, because he's a merciful, gracious God. But see, there's a saying that you know, you get out of it what you put into it. The Bible says you reap what you sow. It also says don't grow weary in well-doing, because if you pay not, guess what? You're going to reap a harvest. And maybe you've sown and sown and sown, but maybe you need to back up a little bit and, and make sure you're sowing into the right thing. Make sure you're obeying God. Make sure you're hearing God. Well, in order to do that, you've got to be pursuing God and praying and seeking God and his kingdom and his righteousness. And then these things will be added to you. So he says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, worlds without end. Amen. And so is God working exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think? And if he's not, if you don't see the blessing of the Lord in your life, press in a little deeper. Begin to seek God and, and check yourself. You know, we always just say check yourself before you wreck yourself. And sometimes we got to check ourselves. Sometimes we got to let the Holy Spirit search our hearts, read the Word of God, and let it touch and press our hearts and begin to reveal in us what's separating us from God, what's separating us from the things of, of Christ, what's grieving the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, we're under grace. Yes, we're under mercy. I, I believe that because you can't earn it. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. But listen we're called to good works We're called to righteousness We're called to make adjustments In our lives That exemplify Christ That do not Grieve the Holy Spirit That make way for God's Spirit To come into us and flow through us And go out And become a blessing to others And if you're not seeing that Supernatural element in your life, if you feel like your prayers aren't getting past the ceiling, maybe it's time to do a little bit of checking and soul-searching and checking your heart and begin to make some adjustments. I know I need to make adjustments every day. There's things in my life that i got to lay before the Lord and make sure I'm walking in a certain way. Some people call that legalism. I call that love. Why? Because if you love him, you'll obey his commandments If you have a love for Christ You're not going to want to grieve the Holy Spirit And yes, we're human And yes, we're flesh And and I get all that And I understand all that But see, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption If you sow to the Spirit You reap eternal life And there's something about Cursing when we're in the flesh And blessing when we're in the Spirit And it is a night and day difference You can see it in the lives of the disciples and the apostles. You can go back through the Old and the New Testament, and you can see that when these men walked in obedience to Christ, when women walked in obedience to God, there was a blessing that came on their lives. Did they still struggle? Did they go through trials? Did they still go through things? Of course. Life happens. And anybody that tells you if you pray this little prayer, Everything's going to be better. Well, it's not like somebody's going to sprinkle fairy dust over your head just because you made some decisions. But I can tell you if you begin to walk with God and begin to walk with Christ and you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life, see, I don't want to go through this world alone. I don't want to go through every trial and circumstance and situation that I'm facing by myself. And yes, I'm married, so yes, I, I, I have someone to walk through it with me here on earth. But see, even my wife can only do so much in her own strength. Even my wife can only do so much for me. And I can do so much for her. But you know, God is able, see, to do exceedingly above and abundantly above where in our humanity in our frailty and in our flesh we're limited. But see, God is limitless, He's not limited. What is impossible for man is possible for God. Jesus said that. I believe that. There's things in that go on in the earth that unless God show up, it's never gonna happen. And you can't fix it enough. You can't try to fix it enough because when something's broke, there's some things that only God can fix. There's some things that only God can change. And that's why it's important to, to get God's opinion on something, get God's perspective on something, and begin to walk in that. But God wants to do way more than what your mind can even fathom. See, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts they're, they're far above But see the Holy Spirit Wants to reveal to you What's in the heart of the Father The Holy Spirit wants to remind you Of the words of Jesus The Holy Spirit wants to lead you Into all truth See it's according to the power That works in us Well what's the power that works in us The Spirit of Christ That dwells in us The Spirit of Christ That dwells in us That cries Abba Father That says Daddy God See that's relationship And God wants relationship And God wants you to be filled with the fullness of God And the fullness of His Spirit And allow Him to take control of your life Because things get out of control You know the proverb says There's a way that seems right to a man But the end of it is death Sometimes we can make our plans But it's truly the counsel of the Lord that stands. It doesn't matter, you know, most of the time when we make plans, they don't turn out the way we planned them. But see, God has a plan. Jeremiah says this, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future. See, God knows the plans he has for you. And if you'll get into God, if you'll get into his heart, if you'll figure out what's in his heart for you and for your family and for your neighborhood and for those people at your job, those people in your school or wherever you're at in your station in life, your, your surroundings, your peers, your sphere of influence. So you get into God's heart concerning those that he surrounded you with begin to seek first his kingdom why because see we build kingdoms we we can all build castles in the sand but guess what happens when the winds and the waves come and we've been building our castles in the sand they get washed away but see what god does what's built on his word endures forever The grass withers and the flower fades But the word of the Lord endures Forever the word says And you need something that's got Some longevity You need something that's going to last You need something that's going to Keep you when everything else is falling apart Everything else is failing you And everyone around you isn't bringing a solution To you in your life Guess what God's got the answer Jesus is the answer And he'll lead you to The answer for the problems that you deal with Because he's a problem solver And so I'm going to flip back to Psalm chapter 1 So whatever they do will prosper Verse 3 Let's go into verse 4 So I'm going to give you the flip side of it There's two sides to this coin. The ungodly are not so. See, they're not the ones that are like the tree that's planted that will bear fruit and not wither and prosper. The ungodly are not so, verse 4, chapter 1 of Psalm, but are like chaff; They're like dust, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. See, are you perishing? Are things in your life falling apart? Sometimes things happen in our lives that we can't see straight, they turn us upside down. But see, God is trying to lead you in a different way. Jesus said, I'm the way. And He said, His Holy Spirit will teach you and show you the way. And say, this is the way, walk in it Come, Walk this way There's a certain way that God wants you to walk See, God's created a certain path for your feet to dwell in The Bible says the word of the Lord is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path Which means when things get dark and they're not certain And they're not clear and you can't see straight Guess what? You need the word of the Lord To begin to lead you and guide you we need to begin to stand on his word You need to have faith Well faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God So that means as you begin to hear God's words As you begin to meditate on the scripture You begin to get those words down in your soul And apply them to the situations in your life That you're facing It's going to cause faith To rise up in you Remember Sean talked a little bit about faith I think he touched on Hebrews, he touched on Romans, he touched on a few things tonight. Faith. Abraham, remember he talked about Abraham? See, God wants us to have faith. Why? Because if we have faith, we can move mountains. If we have faith, then we can actually turn our lives over to God and allow him to work on our behalf. He's the Lord that wants to fight our battles for us. Stop fighting your own battles You're going to wear Yourself out You're going to wear yourself out But you know what's good about God He doesn't slumber He doesn't sleep He doesn't get worn out He he lasts So begin to turn things over to Christ Begin to turn things over to the Father Begin to commit your ways and commit your walk and just realize maybe you're going down the wrong path. Maybe you're making choices in your life that are leading you astray. Maybe you've turned your heart away from the Lord. You've, you've turned your back on God. Well, he's just waiting for you to repent and repent. We always think that's a horrible word, but repent just means whichever way you're going that's away from God's way, turn around and go the opposite way. He's waiting for you to turn around. He wants to flip the strip. He wants to turn things around for you. But sometimes it's going to have to be an act of your faith and an act of your will to stop the direction that you're going, the thing that you're doing, the thing that you're thinking, and turn around and run towards God, not away from Him. Begin to lean on God. You know why they... Called John the beloved disciple Because he was the one that leaned on God He was the one that was the closest to Jesus While Jesus was walking With the disciples He chose to lean on God when nobody else was Leaning on God And sometimes you need to make that decision In your life for yourself To lean on the Lord So Proverbs Chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So you don't lean that way. In all your ways, acknowledge God. Acknowledge Him. And He... Speaking of the Lord shall direct your path Be not wise in your own eyes Fear the Lord and depart from evil See sometimes we think we're so smart Verse 8 of Proverbs 3 See if we lean on God And we trust in the Lord with all our heart If we acknowledge him in all our ways If we fear the Lord and depart from evil This is what verse 8 says in Proverbs 3 It shall be health to your navel And marrow to your bones It'll be health to your body It'll be strength and refreshment That's what that word means It also goes on to say Honor the Lord with the substance And with the first fruits of all your increase And your barns will be filled with plenty And your presses will burst out New wine. I'm going to continue Because this is good stuff My son Despise not the chastening of the Lord Neither be weary of his correction For whom the Lord loveth He correcteth Even as a father The son in whom he delights See sometimes we get so worried About God's correction And chastening in our lives That we we think we should run But no listen Take it Take God's correction and somebody comes up and gives you the word of the Lord Or you hear something that reminds you Maybe it cuts you to the heart And you think man they're talking to me That guy sounds like he's preaching or teaching right at me Well maybe he is Maybe God's trying to speak right to you Because he loves you And he's bringing correction in your life So you'll make adjustments So you can do what you need to do Well, let's pray Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word Father, we thank you, Lord, that you want us to walk in your love Be rooted and grounded in love We thank you that you want us to be like trees of righteousness Trees of righteousness, Lord Help our roots grow deep so that we don't get weary Help our roots grow deep in your love so that we can not wither But we can be strong, and whatever we do will prosper. Father, help us to follow your word, follow your ways, follow your spirit. Help us to give you control of our lives. And we pray, Father, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Father, help us to seek first your kingdom. Help us to put everything else aside at times. Well, we need to focus on what the main thing is Which is you And what you want to do with us What you want to speak to us Receiving your Holy Spirit Receiving your love And walking in a better way Lord help us to make those adjustments Lord let us not despise your chastening And your correction But Lord let us receive it So we can become better character of people So we can become better sons and daughters So we can become Lord, everything that you desire and allow what's exceedingly abundantly beyond what we think, what we want to lean on, Lord. Help us to lean on you instead of everything else, instead of our own opinion or someone else's opinion. We need you in our lives, Jesus. So, Father, I pray for everyone listening tonight, Lord, that they would receive the Lord. They would receive your correction, And they would receive your Holy Spirit tonight to enable them and empower them to go forth and be strengthened in their inner man in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, if you're tuned in tonight, this is Prayer International Radio. We're going to pick it back up maybe tomorrow, maybe a few days from now. We just kind of go as we're led. I don't know when we're doing a broadcast again, but we'll be back on. We'll, You'll see announcements on Facebook. You'll see it on Blog Talk Radio. You can go to our website. We just want to be a support of prayer. We want to help uh, coach you in the things of God, if it will, because, see, you need to be out there playing the game. You need to be out there doing the stuff, experiencing God and helping others experience God. And we just want to help you in that. We just want to be a, a support to you. So if you have any prayer requests, please don't hesitate to go to the email or find us on Facebook under the Prayer International page. Sean Holmberg, Chris Herzog, we're we're on Facebook. We use that for ministry purposes. Uh, if you've got other intentions in mind, please don't don't bother with us because. We use Facebook for a certain reason, and it's not to be about funny stuff. You know, we're serious in what we do,
4: and we really want to
2: be a help. So we just speak a blessing over you tonight. We just thank you for joining us. And have a blessed night. Mm.